Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters, I'm Sister B and welcome to Islamic Audio Bites. I'll be continuing to read stories of the prophets by Ibn Kathir, which can be downloaded from galamullah.com. Before doing so, can I gently remind you that we have now added donation buttons and created a Patreon account and are looking for your support in continuing this project. So please do check out um, the episode details for ways to help support us, namely through Patreon and our donate button on the website or directly via PayPal as well with the email islamicaudiobyte at gmail.com. At the same time, we are still requesting narrators to help with future episodes. So if you do have an interest in this field or would like to give narration a go, please do contact us on the same email, islamicaudiobytes at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing from you. Let's read. Page 195. Oresh, fear spread of Islam. Try in vain to blackmail Prophet. One day, the Quraysh tried to induce the Prophet, peace be upon him, to discontinue his teachings on the new religion, which had sown discord among their people. Utbah ibn Rabia was delegated to see the Prophet, peace be upon him, and speak to him. Utbah said, O son of my brother, you are distinguished by your qualities, yet you have sown discord among our people and cast dissension in our families. You denounced our gods and goddesses and you charge our ancestors with impiety. Now, we are come to make a proposition to you, and I ask you to think well before you reject it. I am listening to you, O father of Walid, said the Prophet, peace be upon him. O son of my brother, if by this affair you intend to acquire riches, honours, and dignity, we are willing to collect for you a fortune larger than is possessed by any one of us. We shall make you our chief and will do nothing without you. If you desire dominion, we shall make you our king. And if the demon which possesses you cannot be subdued, we will bring you doctors and give them riches until they cure you. When Utbah had finished his discourse, the Prophet peace be upon him said, Now listen to me, O father of Walid. I listen, he replied. The Prophet, peace be upon him, recited to him the first thirteen verses of Surah Fusilat, which may be interpreted as follows. Ha-Mim. These letters are one of the miracles of the Qur'an, and none but Allah alone knows their meanings. A revelation from Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful. A book whereof the verses are explained in detail a Qur'an in Arabic for people who know, giving glad tidings of paradise to the one who believes in the oneness of Allah, Islamic monotheism, and fears Allah much, abstains from all kinds of sins and evil deeds, and loves Allah much, performing all kinds of good deeds which he has ordained, and warning of punishment in the hellfire to be the one who disbelieves in the oneness of Allah but most of them turn away, so they listen not. And they say, Our hearts are under coverings, screened from that to which you invite us, and in our ears is deafness, and between us and you is a screen, 
to work you on your way. Verily, we are working on our way. Say, O Muhammad, I am only a human being like you. It is inspired in me that your Elah, God, is one Elah, God, Allah. Therefore, take the straight path to Him with true faith, Islamic monotheism, and obedience to Him, and seek forgiveness of Him. And woe to Al Mushrikeen, polytheists, pagans, idolaters, and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah, etc., those who worship others along with or set up rivals or partners to Allah, etc. Those who give not the zakah, and they are disbelievers in the hereafter. Truly, those who believe in the oneness of Allah and in his messenger, Muhammad, Islamic monotheism, and do righteous good deeds, for them there will be an endless reward that will never stop. Paradise. Say, O Muhammad, do you verily disbelieve in him who created the earth in two days and you set up rivals in worship with him? That is the Lord of the Alameen, mankind, jinn, and all that exists. He placed therein, the earth, firm mountains from above it, and he blessed it and measured therein its sustenance for its dwellers in four days equal. All these four days were equal in the length of time for all those who ask about its creation. Then he, Istawa, rose over towards the heaven when it was smoke, and said to it and to the earth, Come, both of you willingly or unwillingly. They both said, We come willingly. Then he completed and finished from their creation as seven heavens in two days, and he made in each heaven with lamps, stars, to be an adornment, as well as to guard from the devils by using them as missiles against the devils. Such is the decree of him, the Almighty, the All-Knower. But if they turn away, then say, O Muhammad, I have warned you of a saiqah, a destruction, awful cry, torment, hit, a thunderbolt, like the saiqah which overtook Ad and Tamud, people. Quran 41, verse 1 to 13. When the Prophet, peace be upon him, had finished his recitation, he said to Utbah, This is my reply to your proposition. Now take what course you find best. Quraysh increased persecution. First Hijra of 615 CE to Abyssinia. Persecution by the Quraysh grew fiercer every day, and the sufferings of the Prophet, peace be upon him, disciples, became unbearable. He had heard of the righteousness, tolerance and hospitality of the neighbouring Christian king of Abyssinia. He recommended such of his companions who are without protection to seek refuge in the kingdom of that pious king, Al-Nijashi, Nagus. Some fifteen of the unprotected adherents of Islam promptly availed themselves of the advice and sailed to Abyssinia. Here, they met with a very kind reception from the Nagus. This is called the first Hijra, migration in the history of Islam, and occurred in the fifth year of the Prophet, peace be upon him's mission, AD 615. These emigrants were soon followed by many of their fellow sufferers, until the number reached 83 men and 18 women.
the hostile Quraysh, furious at the escape of their victims, sent deputies to the king of Abyssinia to request him to deliver up the refugees, that they might be put to death for adjuring their old religion and embracing a new one. The king summoned the poor fugitives and inquired of them what was the religion which they had adopted in preference to their old faith. Jafar, son of Abu Talib and brother of Ali, acted as spokesman for the exiles. He spoke thus, O king, we were plunged in the depth of ignorance and barbarism. We adored idols, we lived in unchastity, and we ate dead bodies, and we spoke abomination. We disregarded every feeling of humanity and sense of duty towards our neighbors, and we knew no law but that of the strong. When Allah raised among us a man of whose birth, truthfulness, honesty, and purity we were aware, he called us to profess the unity of Allah and taught us to associate nothing with him. He forbade us the worship of idols and enjoined us to speak the truth, to be faithful to our trusts, to be merciful, and to regard the rights of neighbors. He forbade us to speak evil of the worship of Allah and not to return to the worship of idols of wood and stone and to abstain from evil, to offer prayers, to give alms, to observe the fast. We have believed in him. We have accepted his teachings and his injunctions to worship Allah alone and to associate nothing with him. Hence, our people have persecuted us, trying to make us forgo the worship of Allah and to return to the worship of idols of wood and stone and other abominations. They have tortured us and injured us until, finding no safety among them, we have come to your kingdom, trusting you will give us protection against their persecution. Al-Najashi, Nagus, king of Abyssinia, protects Muslims. After hearing the above speech, the hospitable king ordered the deputies to return to their people in safety and not to interfere with their fugitives. Thus, the emigrants passed the period of exile in peace and comfort. While the followers of the Prophet, peace be upon him, sought safety in foreign lands against the persecution of their people, he continued his warnings to the Quraysh more strenuously than ever. Again, they came to him with offers of riches and honor, which he firmly and utterly refused. But they mocked at him and urged him for miracles to prove his mission. He used to answer, Allah has not sent me to work wonders. He has sent me to preach to you. Thus, disclaiming all power of wonder working, the Prophet, peace be upon him, ever rested the truth of his divine mission upon his wise teachings. He addressed himself to the inner consciousness of man, to his common sense, and to his better judgment. Say, O Muhammad, I am only a human being like you. It is inspired in me that your Elah, God, is one Elah, God, Allah. Therefore, take the straight path to him. With true faith, Islamic monotheism, and obedience to him, and seek forgiveness of him. And woe to al-Mushrikeen, polytheists, pagans, idolaters, and disbelievers in the oneness of Allah, etc., those who worship others along with Allah, or set up rivals or partners to Allah, etc. Quran 41, verse 6.
Despite all the excitation of the Prophet peace be upon him, the Quraysh persisted in asking him for a sign. They insisted that unless some sign be sent down to him from his Lord, they would not believe. The disbelievers used to ask, Why has Muhammad not been sent with miracles like previous prophets? The Prophet peace be upon him replied, Because miracles had proven inadequate to convince. Noah was sent with signs, and with what effect? Where was the lost tribe of Thamud? They had refused to receive the preaching of the Prophet Saleh unless he showed them a sign and caused the rock to bring forth a living camel. He did what they asked. In scorn, they cut the camel's feet and then daring the Prophet to fulfill his threats of judgment, were found dead in their beds the next morning, stricken by the angel of the Lord. The Holy Quran is a miracle. There are 17 places in the Quran in which the Prophet, peace be upon him, is challenged, is challenged to work a sign, and he answered them all to the same or similar effect. Allah has the power of working miracles, and has not been believed there are greater miracles in nature than any which could be wrought outside of it. And the Qur'an itself was a great and everlasting miracle. The Qur'an, the Prophet peace be upon him, used to assert to the disbelievers, is a book of blessings, which is a warning for the whole world. It is a complete guidance and explains everything necessary. It is a reminder of what is imprinted on human nature and is free from every discrepancy and from error and falsehood. It is a book of true guidance and a light to all. As to the sacred idols, so much honoured and esteemed by the pagan Arabs, the Prophet, peace be upon him, openly recited, They are but names which you have named, you and your fathers, for which Allah has sent down no authority. Quran 53 verse 23 When the Prophet, peace be upon him, thus spoke reproachfully of the sacred gods of the Quraysh, the latter redoubled their persecution. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, nevertheless continued his preaching undaunted by the hostilities of his enemies or by their bitter persecution of him. And despite all opposition and increased persecution, the new faith gained ground. The national fair at Uqad near Mecca attracted many desert Bedouins and trading citizens of distant towns. These listened to the teachings of the Prophet, peace be upon him, to his admonitions and to his denunciations of their sacred idols and of their superstitions. They carried back all that they had heard to their distant homes, and thus the advent of the Prophet, peace be upon him, was made known to almost all parts of the peninsula. Meccans plead to Abu Talib to stop the Prophet. The Meccans, however, were more than ever furious at the Prophet, peace be upon him's increasing preaching against their religion. They asked his uncle, Abu Talib, to stop him, but he could not do anything. As the Prophet, peace be upon him, persisted in his ardent denunciations against their ungodliness and impiety, they turned him out from the Kaaba where he used to sit and preach, and subsequently went in a body to Abu Talib. They urged the venerable chief to prevent his nephew from abusing their gods any longer or uttering any ill words against their ancestors. They warned Abu Talib that if he would not do that, he would be excluded 
from the communion of his people and driven to side with Muhammad, peace be upon him. The matter would then be settled by fight until one of the two parties were exterminated. Abu Talib neither wished to separate himself from his people nor forsake his nephew for the idolaters to revenge themselves upon. He spoke to the Prophet, peace be upon him, very softly and begged him to abandon his affair. To this suggestion, the Prophet, peace be upon him, firmly replied, O my uncle, if they place the sun in my right hand and the moon in my left hand to cause me to renounce my task, verily I would not desist therefrom until Allah made manifest his cause or I perished in the attempt. The Prophet, peace be upon him, overcome by the thought that his uncle and protector was willing to desert him, turned to depart. But Abu Talib called him loudly to come back, and he came. Say whatever you please, for by the Lord I shall not desert you, ever. Abu Talib protects his nephew, the Prophet, peace be upon him. The Quraysh again attempted in vain to cause Abu Talib to abandon his nephew. The venerable chief declared his intention to protect his nephew against any menace or violence. He appealed to the sense of honour of the two families of the Bani Hashim and the Bani Mutalib, both families being kinsmen of the Prophet peace be upon him, to protect their member from falling victim to the hatred of rival parties. All the members of the two families nobly responded to the appeal of Abu Talib, except Abu Lahab, one of the Prophet, peace be upon him's uncles, who took part with the persecutors. Umar al-Khattab submits to Islam. During this period, Umar al-Khattab adopted Islam. In him, the new faith gained a valuable adherent and an important factor in the future development and propagation of Islam. Hitherto, he had been a violent opposer of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and a bitter enemy of Islam. His conversion is said to have been worked by the miraculous effect on his mind of a surah of the Qur'an, which his sister was reading in her house, where he had gone with the intention of killing her for adopting Islam. Thus the party of the Prophet, peace be upon him, had been strengthened by the conversation by his uncle Hamza, a man of great valour and merit, and of Abu Bakr and Umar, both men of great energy and reputation. The Muslims now ventured to perform their devotions in public. Quraysh divided into two factions. Alarmed at the bold part which the Prophet peace be upon him and his followers were not able to assume and aroused by the return of the deputies from Abyssinia and the announcement of their unsuccessful mission, the Quraysh determined to check by a decisive blow any further progress of Islam. Towards this end, in the seventh year of the mission, they made a solemn covenant against the descendants of Hashim and Mutalib, engaging themselves to contract no marriage with any of them and to have no communication with them. Upon this, the Quraysh became divided into two factions, and the two families of Hashim and Mutalib all repaired to Abu Talib as their chief. Abu Lahab's Hatred of Islam Abu Lahab, the Prophet peace be upon him's uncle, however, out of his inveterate hate of his nephew and his doctrine, went over to the opposite party, whose chief was Abu Sufyan ibn Harb 
of the family of Umayyah. The persecuted party, Muslims as well as idolaters, betook themselves to a defile on the eastern skirts of Mecca. They lived in this defensive position for three years. The provisions which they had carried with them were soon exhausted. Probably they would have entirely perished, but for the sympathy and occasional help received from less bigoted compatriots. Reconciliation of the Quraysh Towards the beginning of the tenth year of the mission, reconciliation was concluded between the Quraysh and the two families of Hashim and Abdul Muttalib through the intermediation of Hisham, Ibn Umar and Zubair, Ibn Abu Umayyah. Thus, the alliance against the two families was abolished and they were able to return to Mecca. During the period the Prophet peace be upon him and his kinspeople passed in their defensive position, Islam made no progress outside. When violence was considered sacrilege, the Prophet peace be upon him used to come out of his temporary prison to preach Islam to the pilgrims. Death of Abu Talib at Khatija In the following year, both Abu Talib and Khatija died. Thus, the Prophet peace be upon him lost in Abu Talib the kind guardian of his youth who had hitherto protected him against his enemies, and in Khatija his most encouraging companion. She was ever his angel of hope and consolation. The Prophet peace be upon him, weighed down by the loss of his amiable protector and his beloved wife, without hope of turning the Quraysh from idolatry, with a saddened heart yet full of trust, resolved to exercise his ministry in some other field. He chose Taif, a town about 60 miles east of Mecca, where he went accompanied by a faithful servant, Zaid. The tribe of Taqif, who were the inhabitants of Daif, received Muhammad, peace be upon him, very coldly. However, he stayed there for one month. Though the more considerate and better sort of men treated him with little respect, the slaves and common people refused to listen to his teachings. They were outrageously indignant at his invitation to abandon the gods they worshipped with such freedom of morals and lightness of heart. At length, they rose against him, bringing him to the wall of the city, obliged him to depart and return to Mecca. People of Medina accept the Prophet, peace be upon him. The repulse greatly discouraged his followers. However, the Prophet, peace be upon him, boldly continued to preach to the public assemblies at the pilgrimage and gained several new converts. Among them were six of the city of Yathrib, later called Medina, of the Jewish tribe of Khazraj. When these Yathribites returned home, they spread the news among their people that a prophet had arisen among the Arabs who was to call them to Allah and put an end to their inquiries. Mirage, Ascension to the Heavens, on a creature called Burak. In the twelfth year of his mission, the Prophet, peace be upon him, made his night journey from Mecca to Jerusalem and thence to heaven. His journey, known in history as Mirage, Ascension, was a real bodily one and not only a vision. It was at this time that Allah ordered the Muslims to pray the five daily prayers. Almighty Allah had said, Glorified and exalted be he, Allah, above all that evil they associate with him, who took his slave Muhammad for a journey by night from Al-Masjid al-Haram at Mecca to the furthest mosque in Jerusalem.
the neighbourhood whereof we have blessed, in order that we might show him, Muhammad, of our ayat, proofs, evidences, lessons, signs, etc. Verily, he is the all-hearer, the all-seer. Quran 17 verse 1 Abbas ibn Malik reported that Malik ibn Sasa said that Allah's messenger, peace be upon him, described to them his night journey, saying, While I was lying in a hatim or al-hijr, suddenly someone came to me and cut my body open from here to here. I asked al-Jarud, who was by my side, what does he mean? He said, it means from his throat to his pubic area, or said from the top of the chest. The Prophet, peace be upon him, further said, He then took out my heart, then a gold tray of belief was brought to me, and my heart was washed and was filled with belief, and then returned to its original place. Then a white animal, which was smaller than a mule and bigger than a donkey, was brought to me. On this, Al-Jarud asked, Was it the Burak, O Abu Hamza? I, Anas, replied in the affirmative. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said, The animal's step was so wide that it reached the farthest point within the reach of the animal's sight. I was carried on it. Miraj, Muhammad, peace be upon him's encounter with Adam, Hadith. Gabriel set out with me till we reached the nearest heaven. When he asked for the gate to be opened, it was asked, Who is it? Gabriel answered, Gabriel. It was asked, Who is accompanying you? Gabriel replied, Muhammad. It was asked, Has Muhammad been called? Gabriel replied in the affirmative. Then it was said, He is welcomed. What an excellent visit his is. The gate was opened, and then I went over the first heaven. I saw Adam there. Gabriel said to me, This is your father, Adam. Pay him your greetings. So I greeted him, and he returned the greetings to me and said, You are welcome, O pious son and pious prophet. Miraj, Muhammad peace be upon him's encounter with John and Jesus, Hadith. Then Gabriel ascended with me till we reached the second heaven. Gabriel asked for the gate to be opened. It was asked, Who is it? Gabriel answered, Gabriel. It was asked, Who is accompanying you? Gabriel replied, Muhammad. It was asked, Has he been called? Gabriel answered in the affirmative. Then it was said, He is welcomed. What an excellent visit his is. The gate was open. When I went over the second heaven, here I saw John, Yahya, and Jesus, Isa, who were cousins of each other. Gabriel said to me, These are John and Jesus. Pay them your greetings. So I greeted them, and both of them returned my greetings to me, and said, You are welcomed, O pious brother and pious prophet. Miraj, Muhammad peace be upon him's encounter with Joseph, Hadith. Then Gabriel ascended with me to the third heaven, and asked for his gate to be opened. It was asked, Who is it? And Gabriel replied, Gabriel. It was asked, Who is accompanying you? Gabriel replied, Muhammad. It was asked, Has he been called? Gabriel replied in the affirmative. Then it was said, He is welcomed. What an excellent visit his is. The gate was opened, and when I went over the third heaven, there I saw Joseph, Yusuf. Gabriel said to me, This is Joseph. Pay him your greetings. So I greeted him, 
and he returned the greetings to me and said, You are welcomed, O pious brother and pious prophet. Miraj, Muhammad's encounter with Enoch, Hadith. Then Gabriel ascended with me to the fourth heaven and asked for his gate to be opened. It was asked, Who is it? Gabriel replied, Gabriel. It was asked, Who is accompanying you? Gabriel replied, Muhammad. It was asked, Has he been called? Gabriel replied in the affirmative. Then it was said, He is welcomed. What an excellent visit his is. The gate was opened. When I went over the fourth heaven, there I saw Enoch, Idris. Gabriel said to me, This is Enoch. Pay him your greetings. So I greeted him, and he returned the greetings to me and said, You are welcomed, O pious brother and pious prophet. Miraj, Muhammad's encounter with Aaron, Hadith. Then Gabriel ascended with me to the fifth heaven and asked for his gates to be opened. It was asked, Who is it? Gabriel replied, Gabriel. It was asked, Who is accompanying you? Gabriel replied, Muhammad. It was asked, Has he been called? Gabriel replied in the affirmative. Then it was said, He is welcomed. What an excellent visit his is. So when I went over the fifth heaven, there I saw Aaron, Harun. Gabriel said to me, This is Aaron. Pay your greetings. So I greeted him, and he returned his greetings to me, and said, You are welcomed, O pious brother and pious prophet. Miraj, Muhammad peace be upon him's encounter with Moses. Hadith. Then Gabriel ascended with me to the sixth heaven and asked for his gates to be opened. It was asked, Who is it? Gabriel replied, Gabriel. It was asked, Who is accompanying you? Gabriel replied, Muhammad. It was said, Has he been called? Gabriel replied in the affirmative. It was said, He is welcomed. What an excellent visit his is. When I went over the sixth heaven, there I saw Moses, Musa. Gabriel said to me, This is Moses. Pay him your greeting. So I greeted him, and he returned the greetings to me and said, You are welcomed, O pious brother and pious prophet. When I left him, Moses, he wept. Someone asked him, What makes you weep? Moses said, I weep because after me there has been sent as prophet a young man whose followers will enter paradise in greater numbers than my followers. So we shall leave part two there and continue next time with our Prophet Peace Be Upon Him story. Please do leave a review and rating wherever you listen and to share the podcast with your family and friends. We are on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and we're also on YouTube as a voice-only channel. Please do check out our website at islamicaudiobytes.com and join our community on Facebook and Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, if you could follow me there as well. Aside from that, if you would like to contact me directly, please do so at sisterb007 at gmail.com. As always, hope your day is full of goodness. Asalaamu Alaikum.